Hello and welcome to a Brave Space podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Glasgow. Hello, Dr. Meeks. How are you? Good morning, Chelsea. It's so good to talk to you. It's always, always a pleasure. Uh, in this episode, we are going to cover a few things, but the first thing that we'll cover is something that happened in January, right? January 6th, to be exact. It was an unforgettable day. There was a mob of Trump supporters, the 45th president of the United States, that gathered in to storm the Capitol in an attempt to overturn his defeat in the 2020 presidential election. Now, the world was watching. I was watching. You were watching. What did you see and how did you process that attack? Well, like everybody else who loves freedom and democracy, I was horrified and surprised. Uh, couldn't understand how that happened and why it took so long to respond and just all of those questions that, you know, so many of us are still asking. And I think that they are questions that need to be answered. I have, I have had many re reactions inside my heart and soul about the whole thing. I want to say, first of all, that I think everybody who was involved in that needs to go to prison because I don't think that we can have this kind of insurrectionist behavior without saying that it won't be tolerated. On the other hand, I think we have got to pay attention to what got us to this point. And I think that the fact that so many things in our country need to be worked on and and we're not doing it in the most um, uh, upright and straightforward manner. And, and we have left space for this kind of energy to be set loose. And of course, Trump had a lot to do with it. But I have said every time I talk about this, I always say Trump didn't make this problem. The problem has existed in this country for a long time, and it's been bubbling kind of just barely underneath the surface. And when he came on the scene, he just kind of poured kerosene on a little fire that was burning all the time and made it into a big blaze. And we need to keep that in mind, and we need to keep in mind what the foundation looks like, because it's the foundation that's really the problem. The, the foundation that's always been there of systemic racism and these people thinking that because there's um, more and more movement toward liberation and freedom for people who don't look like them, who people who are not white, people who they think don't deserve to have liberty and justice, that they've got to come to grips with that the day has come that that's going to happen and they're going to have to learn how to live here with all of us in peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, this is not something that just started on January 6th. This is something that has been ingrained into the core of our history, of the, of the history of the United States. And so, you know, this may have been a shock to some to see people storming the Capitol, but ultimately this has been what people of color have been saying the entire time, right? There is an injustice, an unjust system that is occurring, that is going on. And now we are seeing on live television, it coming to the forefront, right? Now we're beginning to see those things. And, you know, another thing about what you said was um, this was very reactionary, 
right? But we have to begin to be proactive about these things so that they don't happen. But, you know, in one sense, uh, I'm, I'm happy that it happened so that we can see just how low we are, just how much work needs to be done. Because as you mentioned, um, there has been a lot of movement towards liberation and that movement could, uh, could really help have people think that we are further than where we are. But again, those events on January 6th showed us exactly where we are. And not only us, but again, the rest of the world. Um, the rest of the world saw this riot. The rest of the world saw this lockdown. The rest of the world understands that five people lost their lives because yes. of this. You know, yes. and so what are your, what are your thoughts on that? What a tragedy to to have these um I was just watching the um, the lying in state of one of the officers who was killed, a young man who just sounded like such a stellar person. And, and it would have been a tragedy no matter what kind of person he was. But to have him killed at working in a job that was supposed to be reasonably safe, the capital of the United States, you know. And uh, I think that we lost um, uh, we lost a lot of ground in terms of the way People see us around the world. We've been seen as a beacon of light, as a as a uh, you know profound witness bearer for uh, democracy, and yet our democracy was uh, scaled uh, up with all these folks climbing up the walls on the Capitol and putting putting up signs for the in uh, the sitting president as if they were in some uh, developing world country overthrowing the government and that was that was really a pretty sad sight and and but but we we allowed ourselves to get there we should have stood up to trump a long time ago and but we couldn't stand up to trump because we have the foundation that makes people ambivalent about really standing up for democracy because there are a lot of folks who agree with him that don't want to to really would never want to stand up and say the stuff themselves but the fact that he says it they are really willing to let it go and you you can't do that you can't play with you cannot play with fire and and kerosene and not create some kind of an explosion that you don't want to have and i think that's what our congress our senators in particular have been doing and we've just created a mess that we've got to get a handle on Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, in conversations, speaking of this insurrection, um, a lot of Black people uh, have said, I've heard a lot of Black people say, you know, if what happened on the Capitol was done by Black people, it would have been a total different story, right? Um, there would have been way more security. It would be no way that they would have scaled that building and really lived, Um if they were black, but um, in the conversations with you, you said something profound. You said it's not just if they were black, but what if they were Muslim? What if they were any any people of color? Um, and so, just to open our eyes to see that this is not a black or white thing, right? This is deeper than that. It's 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 about white versus non-white, and and the fact that. The authorities knew that there was a possibility that there would be violence on that day. There's no kind of way they didn't know that. And the evidence has been coming out that they did know it. And they didn't do anything to prepare for it because they were white people. If they had been Black Lives Matter 
or or some projection, as you just said, of some group of Muslims or some group that was, um, you know, of color that might be coming to D.C. to stage a protest, there would have been security and police people everywhere. But because we have this double standard, we have this uh, way of looking at people that are people of color or people of different religions, looking at other, uh, who we have designated as the other, we look at them in these kinds of ways and, and the preparation would have been so different. I mean, you just think about in the summer, when the Black Lives Matter led, mostly led uh, protests around the murders of, of African Americans by police officers was going on, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of National Guards people protesting the stone memorials, the Lincoln Memorial and the all of those memorials, those monuments, they were stationed there to protect the stone. And then you have January 6th, uh, they knew that folks were going to come to protest a correctly conducted election and there were human beings in the Capitol and we don't have anybody to protect them. You know, so that to me says a whole lot. And and a lot of what it says is, well, we don't want to. We don't want to act like we think that white people are going to cause any trouble. It's just those black people and other people, people of color, that we have to worry about and be afraid of. And and it's happening. It happens all the time, Chelsea. You know, just recently, some people disrupted a vaccination site, and nobody was arrested because they were all white. If they had been black or brown, they all would have been arrested. And we have got to face up to that. We have got to own that. We have just got to say that's the way things are working in this country. And that's why the Center for Racial Healing is so important, because we are living with those kinds of disparities in the ways in which justice is meted out. Absolutely. I think you you hit it. You nailed it on the head when you said that's exactly why we have the Center for Racial Healing, not just to respond to things like this, but to be proactive and putting an end to things like this ever coming across our TV screen ever again. This uh, this insurrection has said a lot. What is the Center for Racial Healing saying back? Well, you know, I'm definitely not a person who deals in uh, hysteria. People who know me know that. But I am so clear in my own head and heart to thinking about what's going on in this country right now. And I think that we are trying very hard to, to, to get ourselves into a civil war. And I think we have got to make a, a, a profound statement that says, that's not the road we have to go down. We we can do better than having a civil war in the United States of America right now. But I believe that we've got to refocus our lens and we've got to get ourselves on a different path. So uh, we have decided the center is going to engage in trying to lead this nation in a wellness initiative to start really thinking about 
what would it be for us to start proclaiming that we as individuals want to be well people and we want our country to be well? I can't think of any better way to celebrate Black History Month than to focus on this, because when Carter Woodson started Black History Week, it was to proclaim that Black people were worthy and well and had done good stuff and we needed to be holding it up and 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 acknowledging us for what we had done. And then we spread that out. You know, now we have Black History Month. And sometimes people get all excited about celebrating Black History Month and they don't they don't um have much of an idea of what that means except they want to talk about Dr. King and they want to talk about uh, maybe one or two other people that, that they've heard about Sojourner Truth. rather than, rather than really digging into, well, what should this all mean and how, what's it all about and how can we talk about it for the year round? So I've become a bit of a, uh, of a person who wants to say, if you haven't been talking about the, the, the healing of the nation and racial uh, healing and justice, and you haven't paid any attention, <clears throat> excuse me, any attention to this, all year long, then maybe February is not the right month for you to talk. Maybe you need to wait to March or April or May, because I don't want this to be just a one month thing. It needs to be every, every day, every, all the time that we are uh, paying attention to the contributions of, of the uh, descendants of the slaves that live here. But I, I think that uh, to, to think about wellness as a a holistic thing where your mind, your body, and your soul are all working together to create the, the best life you can have, the, a life of peace, a life of, of being willing to see God's face in other people. I think that, that, is, um, that that's what wellness is about. And in order to, to do justice to Black History Month, we need to at least first be trying to think about being well people. And being people who are are figured, thinking about the best ways to live, thinking about uh, what are the gifts God's given to us that we need to use to help make life better for ourselves and make life better for our sisters and brothers, and to stem the tide of this violent uh, uh, way that we have connected ourselves here to just think we can solve everything by scaling the Capitol walls and and beating up police officers with fire extinguishers. I mean, that is a very sad response to a, a set of problems. If you've got problems, let's try to think of ways to fix it. And if you're focused on wellness, you won't go to violence as your first choice of a way to fix a problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I thank you uh, so much for acknowledging Black History Month. Happy Black History Month to you, Dr. Meeks. <laughs> Thank you, Chelsea. And the same to you. (laughs) Thank you very much. You know, um, like you said, it's good to be educated. It's better to be motivated year round. And it is the best to be activated. And that's exactly what we're doing with the Murphy Davis Let's Get Well campaign. We are activating institutions, organizations, people, everyday people to focus on the true um, healing, which is getting 
well, mind, body, and soul. And when you do that for yourself, we're going to be able to do that and influence our communities. And then we'll be able to change America and thus change the world. And that's really how it works. Well, we are at a close for this podcast episode. However, until then, please visit our website at www.centerforracialhealing.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook, the Center for Racial Healing on Instagram, Center for Racial Healing. And please like uh, Dr. Meek's fan page on Facebook, Dr. Catherine Meeks. Thank you so much, everyone. And until next time, always remember to tell the truth. <laughs>